Hello there, welcome to Club Club Podcast. My name's James. Sometimes I hang out in the parking lot of Hard Audio Cables. And every once in a while, they'll let me come in and drink from a water bowl. That's very nice of them. You've continued to distance yourself from the business I've noticed <laughs> in these introductions. There's like some sort of slow takeover going on at the scene, behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Some sort yeah. of mutiny where Hannah's leaving James hey, outside. Don't, don't look at me. <laughs> I've Today, never been to the Heart Audio Cable's office. Just what you Today, would say if you were leading a mutiny. Leading a mutiny. Exactly. I'm trying to explain to our listeners that today is a very special episode because I chose the album we listened to, or oh, we listened okay. to. Wow. <laughs> but I guess before we can start talking about that, I'll introduce you guys. You may have already heard of Hannah from Hannah. That's me. And Zach. That's me. And then the last piece of the talent is Patrick. That's me. We did it. Yay. That was an intro. I don't know if it was a good one or not. But we should all I'm just check sure our mics for the intro one. since we do that for like the first like five minutes of the Zoom call. Always. <laughs> we should. I'm sure our listeners would love that. So this week I chose the EP Songs for Singles by Torch. Torch. Songs for Singles. I believe that's what I, I saw should have done my research yep and I chose it because it was sort of a weird release when it came out I think actually like when they came out the band did not say whether it was an EP or an LP like mm-hmm. I think they kind of wanted to call it an LP and everybody just assumed it was an EP because it was so short that it just became an EP release or something but I don't know when I heard it I thought it was an album and it happens to be one of, if not my favorite, Torch release. And I think it that's because it's, just, well, I don't know. Maybe we're just going to start getting into the, into the sound. But uh, which one of you guys wants to describe the sound of this EP? No one's going to volunteer. You have to just call. Yeah, you have, to, you have to call. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick Zach since that's like my least... Uh, <laughs> confident pick to, to describe it okay because you're you're afraid i'm gonna describe it too accurately i'm gonna say i'm, I'm afraid you're gonna mischaracterize it yeah mischaracterize yeah i mean that's a that's a fair team. assumption to be honest um torch is how do i mischaracterize this so they're a they're a three-piece uh sludge style metal band so they've got already wrong 
but go ahead. Wow. Well, at the time of this recording, they were a three-piece, all right? Is that what you take? I think he's taking issue with the other part. The sludge? Mm. They're not sludge. The metal, the metal part. But oh, they're ahead. not metal. Okay, wow. See, this is why... Well, you... the, I mean, Patrick there's this whole thing where they, they like to say they're not metal. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're metal. I think they're like a just a heavy rock band. Okay. Sludge, fine. But Sludge, rock... They... But fine, it, it is a really specific thing. Sure, we could say metal, right? <laughs> Loud guitars, big amps, for sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, do you want to describe it? or? I mean, I would love to, but that's not how the show works. So oh, we'll man. To. <laughs> um, He's just going to judge you silently. Yeah. Not so silently. So I feel like the, the drums in this are atypical of a sludge-style band uh, because they are more, like, upbeat. And uh, they play more than just that same beat over and over that I made fun of True Widow for in that episode. But everything else is pretty typical. I mean, you've got your your low guitars and your low, beefy, dirty bass tones. There's like a, it's like a very, uh, there's a lot I mean, of... It's like, it's not just the drums that are faster. It's like the entire songs are written. Like there's just fast songs rather than yeah I would it's yeah fast sludge which is that just normal music like are you just back in sludge this is this went exactly how I thought it would Zach. <laughs> um I was about to talk about all the synth and who uh, wants to talk sections. about how much they liked the CP first I'm just I can kidding. do that I like I liked it a lot um I was already familiar with this band I mean I've I've kind of been aware of this band for a long time but never listened to them all that much um this ep i knew the last song from james playing it at some point a lot in my right. life and i always liked that song a lot um but it, I, I enjoyed getting to know the rest of it even though none of it really sounds like the last song except that song um i think it's really good i i really enjoy this type of music Nice. I do. I should tack on. Zach was not that bad. Um, (laughs) He he did get at some of it. So like Torch up to this point had released, you know, their self-titled LP. It's called Torch. Very heavy. Uh, Their second album, uh, Meanderthal on Hydrahead. This is like the peak of like the Hydrahead. Yeah, I think that's why I was familiar with them. Sort of. I I sort of kept tabs on Hydrahead back in the day. If you go to rate your music, that Meanderthal release is like their their highest rated release. A lot of their that like was biggest songs what I was there. kind of aware of. Then after that, or like right before Meanderthal, or shortly after it, they kicked out their other, their second guitarist. I don't think it was an amicable thing. Mm-hmm. And then they were a three piece for a year or two, and this was like the first like bigger release they put out that as a three piece, that was longer than just like a single or something, and were a collaboration. And uh, to me, it was like noticeably different. So Torch is really no- known for uh, the bomb string tuning, Z tuning is what people say about it in the YouTube mm. sections of videos. So basically Torch t- tunes their guitar like a standard. I'm going to give away the secret here. So cover your ears if you don't want spoilers. Um, they tune their guitar like a standard guitar, right? E-A-D-G-B-E. Normal tuning for them is if without the bomb string Z tuning thing. It's just they take that E and they tune it all the way down to A. So what that means is you're playing octaves. It, it's like if you, if you were to just pluck the two top strings, your two lowest strings, it sounds like an octave. So it turns out like when you play uh, low notes like that, just like the nature of the guitar, whatever, when you start tuning really low, fifths don't sound as great, but octaves sound very heavy. So like 
the way they tune that guitar really helps carry this tone of theirs. And it's not like unique to Torch, like uh, Melvin's did it. Uh, Pantera would do it back in the day. Um, it's not like a tool would do something similar to it, right? Neurosis, bands like that would, would also play with stuff like this. And then, so Torch took it a step further, Steve Brooks and Torch, uh, before Torch was floor. And he, he took that E string, moved it down. So they, they get rid of the high E and, and they, they, they put one guitar string tuned to slack. So now it's slack. It's just like a floppy string, floppy bass string is what they would use. And then it would be, yeah, floppy string, A, A, D, G, B. That's their guitar. And they got super well known for that because it just sounds like, well, I guess like a bomb, right? Really low rumbly thing. Mm-hmm. And so up until... They only the, really do that like once on Once this EP, on this EP, think, which is yeah. what I'm getting at. So they associate that with this band. And the previous al- album to this and on this EP, it's like, it was not that mm-hmm. heavily featured, you know? It was mostly a thing in that band floor that, to- that right. Steve Brooks was in before Torch. And I guess what I, I, I love about this record is like, every, everybody associates all sludge and like this this genre with like the tune low play slow thing right and, and torch is like actively going against the grain with that like all these songs are up tempo and everything they they hit that bomb string thing on this ep one time right it's like very and it's it's a very quick thing too and it just sort of marked like to me this change wait when do they do that on this ep in the second, second track. song i think <laughs> And I, I mean, I guess they don't do it too much on the album before this, but what I think is unique about the CP is, is their bassist, Jonathan Nunez, uh, produced it and recorded it. And I think he really like started to spearhead their sound and take it to the direction that it's in now. Like if you listen to the band now compared to then, it's like super, super calculated or something is the way I would describe it. Like everything is super thought out with the way the guitar attack is and all that stuff. To some degree, I kind of like don't like it as much, but so anyway, I'm saying this is a turning point because yeah, they got rid of the other guitarists. They put this out. The drums are really fast. The bomb strings not featured as as much, and uh, it just is like really really sugary. Like I would describe it as like a 20 minute sugar rush. You know, I like the okay. word sugary as a description. <laughs> anyway, like I every, interrupted all that. You think they say sweeten up this riff a lot when they're writing him? <laughs> maybe yeah okay so it's hannah's turn um i liked it too i had not really listened to torch other than like in passing um but i mean i think that this is a very strong release like i don't really know what their other albums are like although patrick was playing some of them the other day um but yeah i think that this is like a very strong release it seems like it's probably like the ideal torch album for me to listen to because it's just like so like short and like you know there's just like a lot to like i do kind of i can't think of like a way to say this that doesn't sound really bad but like i do sort of feel like a like poser or something when i'm listening not a poser really but like i kind of feel like i'm not like i kind of feel like i'm like pretending or something when i'm listening to it like i'm not like being myself but that sounds like a lot worse than i mean it to I just don't know how else to say it. Very interesting. I don't don't understand what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like a poser for listening to this music or for liking it? No, it's like I'm like, 
I feel like I'm like acting or something when I'm listening to it. You're getting like imposter syndrome. You feel like you're pretending to like it or something. Well, yeah, but I do actually like it. Mm -hmm. But I guess it is kind of like that. Weird. It's just part of your brain. Doesn't want you to like it. Because it's like a lame metal band like Deftones, but you like it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I'm not not sure. They're not really in those that realm. Almost, but not quite. Yeah. Maybe maybe like part of just from talking to me, maybe that's that's part of me just this man has street cred is the zach in my brain <laughs> no i mean and like that sound makes like that sounds a lot worse than i mean it to be um i, I don't know i don't know how else to describe it it's probably not even worth a com- like a comment worth making <laughs> i really, thought that but... was a really interesting comment so i'm glad you said it i'll try to dive into it more yeah let's zach, what did, let's what did you that. feel about it uh i thought it was okay uh i do agree with hannah that it's a very strong release, and it's a very good ent- entry entry point to Torch. Like if you haven't listened to them at all, because mm-hmm. uh, this album is very short and pretty varied for for their sound. But yeah, like apart from a couple of songs, I thought it was just kind of okay. I didn't hate it. it. Like it wasn't like at no point was this bad. It just didn't really pull me in. Okay. Okay. That's 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 what I never felt like a poser for listening to it, but I I did feel cooler for listening to that's it. Good. Just because I know yeah. that you would be proud of me for actually listening to it, you know. That's, I'm I'm surprised you felt cooler for listening to it, but I feel like Hannah <laughs> has the opposite. Like she does not feel cooler when listening to. No, Death I Tones. kind of like don't know. I think part of the thing is like I don't know if this is cool music or not. Like I can't tell. <laughs> I would say it's considered cool music. I can't tell if it's cool or not. And maybe that's part of it. It was like, critically acclaimed. This is a fairly critically acclaimed band. Yeah. I mean, and I can see why. Their their album before this was very well, right. highly regarded. Yeah. This release is not so much. Is the one with like the pink? It no, looks like it has like the uh, one. Oh, okay. It has like the where the wild things are motif to yeah. it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I mean, I can... They seem like they would be critically acclaimed, um, but they do also have that like very slight like goofiness to them. Yeah, I agree. Oh, definitely. That's a, yeah, that's always but been the, an aspect to their band. I mean, that's just sort of the like soaring vocals and stuff. Like, yeah, any yeah. band that does that. So I should say, like, that's goofy. one of the things I love most about this band is that they are not afraid to be melodic, and they still mm-hmm. manage to be super heavy, sort of like King's X, where it's like a sneaky heavy. You know, <laughs> but they are very heavy. This album isn't necessarily focused on like just the heft of the band, but yeah. I still think it's like one of their heaviest albums. Cool. Do you guys want to do track by track? It's kind of long for that. So, did are there certain songs you guys want to talk about? Yeah, there's certain songs we should talk about. I was joking with Patrick that you were going to insist we do track by track. <laughs> I, and thought, we shouldn't I let thought you would too. So I, figured, I was surprised. I figured that somebody would say I was, was going to have something like that. And, that and I figured someone line. was going to think it was going to be True Widow Part Two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, whatever we do, we can't let let him go just, track by track. But I don't actually care. Let's much. talk about UFO because it is yeah, the track. that's what I was going to say. I think right off the bat, like just how frenetic everything sounds, it it's like once you've listened to the album, then like you understand this is the theme of it. Like the drums mm-hmm. are like the the MVP of the album almost. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a fan of his drum style, 
just turn it off. You might not like it maybe, <laughs> but I really enjoy the way he plays the drums. He has like a pretty minimal drum set. I'd say that usually I like the way his drums sound a lot. I would say that this album is not the best drum sound they've gotten on a record for him though. But I still I think like it's it a lot. pretty good drum sound though. Yeah, I like it. I would just say, you know, compared to like the albums previous to it, it's it's yeah. not quite as polished. Well, like the one before it, uh, like you said, they they did this one themselves. The one before Kurt Ballou did, who's like yeah, legendary. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I I feel like the way maybe it's like the entirety of this song, it feels almost like a pop punk song, kind of. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah. like, I wrote that for a different song. Oh, really? I thought it sounded pop punk. Yeah. I think it might it's be not the too way far he's off, playing. To be honest. Yeah, like it's the drum style, mm-hmm. like that 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 snare. The way he plays That's it. Funny. Yeah. So this song is also a really good song that highlights one of the more important parts of their, their sound too at this point is like there's an octave present. They have like an octave effect on those guitars present almost all times. So you have this natural octave that they're playing with the tuning and it's they have that octave pedal on there too and it just makes it sound like it's, it's much more layered than it is. You The other track I, I really want to talk about while I can have control of it for a sec is <laughs> Lay Low, the song right after this. This is probably like, aside from the last two tracks, this is my favorite track on the, on the album. Like I mm-hmm. love, this is, song is super heavy to me. When they... They're like, do this like little off kilter intro thing. And then they settle into this groove and then the soaring vocals are going on over the top of it. It's like everything I want in music is right there. This is the really short one moment. though, right? It's like a minute yeah. long. I mean, yeah. the first like yeah. three years. Why don't we just go ahead and sure. play the song right now <laughs> in the edit and then we'll get back. Yeah. I don't know how y'all felt about it. And then the bomb string is there, but it's like, it, it, it could, it, it doesn't need to be there. It, you know, it take yeah. it or leave it's it. It's always but. fun to hear it though. It's pretty neat, yeah. To, and then, like, when you find out, like, it's the guitar making that sound, it's it's kind of cool to me. Yeah, I thought the song had a a fun groove to it, but see, I don't know. And I think like the what made me not get into this album is that soaring vocal style. Like, I think I just for some reason my prediction was going to be that you were not going to like the vocals. Yeah, because you couldn't understand what he was saying, and there are no <laughs> lyrics on the line anywhere. Mm. I uh, didn't even. Look. I you actually can't find lyrics. I found them but, um, right before this podcast. I did. So I, I have the actual album. It's like a little envelope. Mm-hmm. No lyrics in there. So I, I think actually all... read that the guy doesn't like to put his lyrics in there because he doesn't want people to overanalyze them because he right. kind of stream of consciousness is them. Yeah. I can tell. But Zach has them, apparently. I was reading them. <laughs> yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't think the lyrics are particularly strong content-wise. No. I'm also not a huge fan of the soaring vocals, although I don't really... It doesn't prevent me from liking the music, but I, I just kind of find it goofy. So it's like, something I love. Yeah. Like That's why I love Deftones. That's why I love this band. I like Bar- Baroness because they do it at times, especially later earlier in their career. Uh, mm-hmm. King's X, of course, does some of that <laughs> stuff too. It's like I, I love when there's like a heavy thing with some cool vocal thing going over the top of it. Yeah, um, but with, with Baroness, like he mixes it up. Um, I think with Torch, it's like one long syllable per word 
that he's doing it on. <laughs> and I think that's what it is. Is like, I'm like, all right, we're going to write out him saying, whoa. I think it's fair for people to yeah. not, not really dig it. <laughs> doesn't mean it's not good i, I want to talk about uh arrowhead i like that song a lot um yeah there's I, that riff at i wrote 37 i think it's about 37 seconds when they go into like just the it's almost like a breakdown i mean it doesn't change tempo but they like start just like doing that real like almost like beat down just like yeah yeah <laughs> satisfying when they go to that that's one of my favorite tracks on it too um i actually appreciate the lyrics of this song like i feel like that it's recreational i'm in control lyrics are cool I think I didn't look up the lyrics on this one. Yeah, you can just understand them. Yeah. But uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like one of the few you can actually like make out. So we skipped Hideaway, but all I wanted to say was, you know, like there's this little known... uh, part of the band that, that gets overlooked is that like a lot of their they do have like a good chunk of songs that are just in straight up drop d like mm. they're not down tuned to oblivion still sounds heavy and uh that, this is one of them and i think That's shine cool. on my old ways is too and so is cast into unknown i did not know that so also a little secret to why this band always sounds so dang heavy uh, with the guitars. Like they just sound hefty, thick. Early in their career, Steve would just like roll off the tone knob on his guitar all the way completely. He'd just be down to zero or like half between zero and one, right? Like I, I, I didn't get this from an interview. I'm just saying like I just experimenting and figuring it out. Like mm-hmm. that's what he used to do. And, and it's not uncommon in this genre. Like... uh. Another another guy with like a all time great tone that's really sought after is uh, Greg Anderson from Ghost Snake. He would do the same thing. He would he would tune a drop A, but like he would tune it drop D two and a half steps down. He wouldn't do like what Torch does. His guitar is tuned lower. But anyway, he would turn the tone down knob down all the way. And it's something the Melvins would do all the time, which is why the Melvins sounded so heavy, even though they were just tuned to like drop D a lot of the time and stuff like that. Like just makes your guitar sound bludgeoning. So like you. Turn the tone knob down, and then you bring the mids and the highs back elsewhere in the chain, you know? I mean, distortion itself is adding back high-frequency energy, kind of by definition. So you could sort of get away with rolling the tone knob down, and then, like, you let it fill in from just the distortion of what's there. It kind of makes it sound smoother at times. One thing I wanted to get at was that on this record, I think, is when they started to let the tone knob go up. (laughs) They would would turn it up. (laughs) I, I think... John, I think I would assume that the, the bassist Nunez was one of the, the people pushing this, but like I think like by this time in their next release, it's like they had like figured out how to dial in their tone without like and getting it to cut through and still sound heavy live and all that stuff without 
making it muddy or whatever by, you know, turning the tone knob down. And so, yeah, these drop D songs and stuff and how clear everything sounds, even though it's still pretty frenetic and fast is like, just cool to me how they're like, just shows how like the tone is evolving for the band as they go on in my mind. Anyway. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about shine on my old ways. Is that, is that the one you're playing right now, Patrick? Yep. Yeah. I like this one. This one reminds me of King's X. (laughs) 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 Just like the beginning. Yeah. I can see that. Sort of like feedbacky beginning. Yeah. I like that beginning a lot. I like the feedback that this guy generates. It's like, yeah, it's really cool. Almost a signature thing. For, for, for I could see that, him. yeah. It's always a cool sound. And it sounds like that live too. It's it's just cool. That would make me nervous as a guitar player to try to like get the same feedback every night. <laughs> That's really hard to do, I think. I like that like breakdown kind of near the end. Which is like bass and drums. Yeah, like the ba- the drums are kind of like swirling. Yeah. Or something. And the bass is just, he's just going back and forth between new- two notes. Mm-hmm. And it's just feedback. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. It was like a good, you know, it's just a good ri- locked in rhythm section appreciate it yeah for sure i I like how just energetic his drums sound like he sounds like he's having a lot of fun yeah playing or like just putting a lot into it the whole band definitely sounds like they're having a lot of fun playing so i think that's part of why it's fun to listen to Mm -hmm. right um i like the next song a lot cast into unknown this one like would get stuck in my head (laughs) more than any of the other ones that i said sounded pop punk to me or like in okay. general this one kind of yeah. sounds the most punk to me i could see that yeah but i like this one it's very catchy well after that we get into like well do y'all have anything else to say about these first first six tracks mm-hmm. no no see i feel like you can say like well it's kind of like homogenous or whatever but like they're so short it goes by so quick it's mm-hmm. very tolerable you know yeah. they're homogenous like I do feel like the whole thing is kind of just like a wall, like in front of me. Yeah. Um, and it's like homogenous in that way. But then when I go and listen to it, I do remember distinct things about each song. So it's like less homogenous than I, you actually think it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you like the last two songs the best, James, you were saying? Yeah, this song, this, the seventh song, Face the Wall. <laughs> something torch would do on a lot of their releases like put one or two shoegazy songs in there and i just Mm -hmm. always love them like they usually are always just great tracks and i don't think these are any exception it sounds very uh true widow so yeah (laughs) i don't think this one does maybe out again maybe the last one (laughs) but i just love the drum pattern on face the wall like that repetitive drum pattern is really cool to me 
And I think it might be because I heard him play it live or saw him on a YouTube video play it live. It just looked and sounded so cool and made me appreciate it. And I still can't figure out what exactly he's playing chord-wise on the guitar. Like, I think I know every song on this album except for, or used to at one point, except for this one. I can't quite figure it out. I like it even though it's like the dirty S word, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think like this type of shoegaze is, is like what's more my speed. There are a lot of shoegaze bands out there that like I appreciate them for what they are, but it's not really what I'm into the most yeah get into this, that genre. this is in the vein of like like a cloakroom style because they're like a like a doom gaze is that what that is is that a term uh, not for torch not sure but yes those bands uh, can the be first that there's this tangent the first uh that i ever heard doom gaze was this will destroy you okay. describing tunnel blanket their album tunnel blanket when that came out <laughs> i don't know if people use that to describe cloakroom but i could see that too yeah true widow is, is stone gaze or something stone like that. gaze yeah. okay um so also like I, I know you don't really know the lyrics it's kind of indistinguishable what he says but like i get all of these songs like and especially these last two like they just make me feel a certain way like they, they just really evoke they're i guess i should say they're really evocative or whatever yeah. like i i i feel emotional listening to them. I have some emotional tie to them at, at, at this point or whatever. So mm-hmm. it might be hard for you guys to get that just listening to it and like us as an objective, like sit down, listen, you know, rather than just for fun. I mean, yeah. they definitely invoke more kind of pensive or reflective or even melancholic emotions than the rest of the album, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think you could be pensive about uh, riding around in a UFO you know <laughs> some good times so yeah there's that one and then out again i mean before we move on from face the wall i really like the ending of it when it goes to like yeah to build up it sounds very twangy the way you put it (laughs) yeah it just sounds like he's playing the drums in a a gym you know yeah (laughs) i love when that stuff sounds like that and then i think this one is in drop d2 last song out again yeah this one's really good i think it's just like a very good outro for the album it is it's so fun to like play listen to like it's just Mm -hmm. it's just so fun it's a good feeling song yeah it's very much like kind of the same thing throughout, but it's just like so satisfying. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm glad that the song is six minutes long. And especially it has that super <laughs> yeah. long outro. It's like, yeah. I, I love yeah. just I love that just they like just like basking in that outro. Yeah, I love it. It's like they're not doing anything different that whole time. And it's just right. so good. song that reminds me of that is uh all the same by real estate off that like 2011 mm-hmm. album of theirs oh, yeah it's like yeah jam on that well, last riff it's just yeah odd. that's a good point the song and like the extended outro reminded me of deer hunter and i was like these <laughs> two bands are so different but like just the way that it's just like the super repetitive like mm-hmm. instrumental part yeah. like, like, that is like something... this is deer hunter vibes i we just like that, that uh uh this riff is a third of the entire album <laughs> it is yeah like just that one riff 
it's so fun to play too. The <laughs> I don't know. And then the drum performance again, like he figures out some revolving drum pattern that is great and worth listening to for six minutes straight. came out i remember like i haven't gone to look out and look and see if this has been reevaluated or whatever but when this came out i remember those last two songs were always considered highlights of the ep you can see that and i um, i doubt that's changed what were you guys favorite and least favorite songs satch uh my favorite was probably like i really liked ufo mm-hmm. and but i i I'd, get, I'd give it to out again actually but least favorite, I don't know. No idea. Maybe Hideaway. I think that one might be considered. Might 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 could be like the most forgettable one if there was one. But yeah, I still like it. Honestly, I don't remember much about it off the top of my head. It was guitar heroy. <laughs> what about you, Hannah? Uh, my favorites. I mean, Out Again for sure, and Cast into Unknown, and probably UFO as well. Um, I didn't really have a least favorite, honestly. Maybe lay low, like just. That's uh, fine. It was just kind of like whatever. I feel like it is a little bit uh, wonky, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah, that's that is actually kind of accurate. What saves it for me, or what makes me love it so much, is just how hard that groove hits. So it's like yeah. that intro is is just there to make that groove pay off to me yeah. when mm-hmm. they get into it, you know, and then. Everything around it is just to tie up the song after that groove hits. So I could see why that is maybe one of the weaker ones, but it's one of my favorites. Yeah. And it's only like 50 seconds long, so it's like yeah. I just never really got much to grab onto, I guess. It's also mm-hmm. like not worth your time to skip it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Patrick? Uh, Out Again and Arrowhead are my favorites. And I, I agree with Hannah. I don't really have a strong least favorite, but... Maybe UFO if I had to pick one. Mm, I, wow. I don't really dislike it, but pretty I probably varied. like all the other songs better. That riff is just so catchy, though. Yeah, it's, it's a good song, yeah. I feel like Out Again is such a good song that it like overshadows how good Face the Wall is. Like Face the Wall is a really good song, too. And, but Out Again is just so dang good that it's hard to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes face the wall would almost feel a little bit like too long or like it would get kind of boring because like I think maybe just because I wanted to hear the next song or something. I don't know. Right, right. It's a good song, but yeah. I wonder what it would sound like, like with the the track list rearranged or something. But yeah, I've never. I like the sequencing of it Mm -hmm. overall, though. I think it flows. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd say like if you want to hear the more poppier sides of torch album before this if you like that bomb string stuff and you like just the heavier side go to their first self-titled album or the the ep between their self-titled and Manderthal in return that has the song like tar pit carnivore or whatever which is like a staple that they play live and it's it's as heavy as the name sounds like they just picked a stupid name like <laughs> i think like the whole point of it is just to be like the silly really ballsy heavy song anyway and then their later stuff is like a, a, a weird amalgamation and it's, I don't know, I have, a, I have a hard time with their stuff after this release. Like, none of it sort of feels as consistently good throughout 
as their first two albums. Mm. James, I'm really having a hard time not saying it doesn't hold a torch to this, but I just had to say oh, it. Man. It's actually pronounced Torche. Torche, okay. <laughs> um, so James, you've seen them live. You've alluded to that just oh, once yeah. or multiple times. Oh, I've probably seen them four or five times, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen them a lot. They tour a lot back yeah. in the day. Or... Back when I used to go to shows, they would they would come around. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're from Florida, right? Mm-hmm. I have think... actually seen this band too. Oh, I didn't know that. In Atlanta or Yeah. Nice. I think I went to see a different band. I think they were playing there was a show that was from Monument from Monument to Masses, which was like a obscure post rock band that I liked. Torch and then that band Dredge, which I didn't oh, know anything about. But I, like and I think I left after a couple songs. <laughs> okay. Well of Torch, were they the headliner or what? No, I left a couple songs after Dredge started playing. But Sad. Um, thing. Yeah. I'm what sorry, what sorry. year was that? It was around when Meanderthal was out, I think, two thousand eight or nine, so. probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say that's because there was like a period where Dredge was like a metal band. I th- I think they were a metal band before they were like post rocky. Mm-hmm. So, but that was the good period of Dredge. So, <laughs> that's that's the best they're gonna get for you, man. I, I honestly might like them if I went back and listened to them. It was just kind of like I didn't know them at all and had seen the bands that's, that I um, came yeah. to see. So. That's one of those bands okay. like Glass Straw where it's like I'd see them mentioned all over the place on the internet, but never took the time to go listen to them. <laughs> well, Dredge. they could show up in a potluck. Hey. Hey. We could. I feel like they're a band that no one talks about. Oh, for but... sure. Yeah. I, I see them just... Underrated. Yeah. I, I've seen them brought up randomly, but yeah. I, for mm-hmm. other bands that they are like are in the same scene with, they don't get mentioned nearly as much as those. But I feel like their music still holds up, so. You know, I keep forgetting about Torch's, like, Harmonicraft record, which is the one after this. This is the next LP after this release. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really poppy and sugary, too, like this. It has some good tracks, but I feel like it has some, question, like, some of their weaker tracks in their catalog on it. So I think that's why I'm forgetting about it. But it has also has some of their best tracks they've ever put out. Mm-hmm. And then after that is Restarter. And then they have this Admission album that just came out. Admission's really good. Restarter is good. They're just, like, on the... I would say like restarter starters like on the heavier side admission is another blend of like new sounds and stuff but still heavy just good to know i would say they're not as hooky as like this stuff is so like when mm-hmm. you talk about like one syllable drug out and stuff it really goes hard on that on those newer <laughs> albums <laughs> so patrick i have a very easy job for you can you describe this album <laughs> it's a white background with red text that's like very ornate cursive script says songs for singles presented by torch i think it says presented by torch i can't read it at the scale that i'm looking at right now but yeah i think that's right that is what it says that's it that's it (laughs) i like the album art it's not what i would expect for an album like this it's not something. It kind of seems like fake to me, or something yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. It's kind of surprising it. given their all their other album covers. Yeah, like they're, they're all, so all all their other album covers are very like visually like complex and just yeah. uh, interesting. They draw you in and like um, lots going on, and this is just extremely simple. Yeah, yeah. But it's almost like they couldn't decide what to do, and we're like, screw <laughs> it, we'll just put this on here. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. yeah, and when you get the. Like, I think I got it on CD, and I might have it on vinyl, too. 
it is just really like just a white jacket with a CD inside. And I think there's like a white slip over it that has lipstick on it, like a lipstick print. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, that's it. Everything. There's no liner notes, nothing. It's just, oh, well. hmm. um, boy, that's all. not much to, uh, entice you to, <laughs> I guess not. All right, thanks for listening. Email us at clubclub at heartaudiocables.com. Hope you've been enjoying the podcast. We have a lot of fun doing it. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow Hannah and mostly Hannah at heartaudiocables. If you'd like to follow Patrick and Hannah, that's I Wish I Could Skateboard. And if you'd like to follow Zachary for some reason, uh, that's the Cookie Monster 250. I really need to calm down on this picking on Zach stuff. It's it's gone too far. It's We're getting listener. Yeah. It's not something I normally do. Not normally. The dynamic is everybody picks on me. <laughs> You're just trying but to somehow diver- on this yeah. podcast it's Divert. gotten ter- topsy turvied. Anyway, see you later. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Bye.